Hey, everybody. Today, I sit down with Scott Atwood, recovering alcoholic. He hasn't had a drink in 17 years, but still focuses day to day and considers himself recovering. He talks about his days of hiding vodka bottles in snowbanks and nights of drinking alone. He has sponsored several people and tells us why some were successful and some weren't. We also talk about some of his youthful shenanigans, his growing up and living all over this country, his faith in mankind, like moving to a new region without a job, and his leap to San Diego for love and the ultimatum that made him face his demons and make a choice. So sit down, strap in, tune in, and turn up this motivating alcohol-free episode of Tony on the Mic. Our story begins as these stories often do. You know, we would still we, do. We would hide vodka bottles in snowbanks. And when our children tell our story, and when, when our, our children, children tell our, you know, when I got into my twenties, some of my really close friends said, "Scott, you might want to, you know, watch yourself." You did, you know. So you did have it. people actually tell you. You have no control. Who lives? Who dies? So Eminem versus. A rapper named Plainer Peanut? Is that what you thought I asked? That one was just sad. Shit, You look 50. I pray. I never thought I would look forward to that compliment. Well, Vernon Shirley was later. Yeah, yeah. But you're young. You're 50 ish. I'm 60 ish. Right. I'm just all, it's all denial game while you're living as an alcoholic. I was tired of where am I going to get my next drink and you know the hiding of it all I have to say that's the most amazing story I ever heard good morning good afternoon good evening whatever time you listen to this fine podcast product my name is Tony Lawrence and I'm Tony on the mic today my guest Scott Atwood now I'm gonna I'm gonna flag this as a recovering alcoholic or recovered alcoholic or, or recovering recovering yeah, always, always yeah okay and I it's funny because I had no idea, and I've known you for a long time. I've known yeah. you for twenty years, yeah. and so, so that's good. And I just don't want to attach the stigma so that when people hear you or see you, that all they think of is yeah. recovery. We're gonna talk about a lot more stuff, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. but we are gonna talk about recovery and and stuff like that. Can I get you a drink? I mean, no, I'm good. I'm just, okay. <laughs> yeah, get a little joke yeah. there because yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you don't drink at all? No alcohol. No, no, no. no. Yeah. Oh, duels. Oh, duels I tried when I first quit, but yeah, it just, just didn't, uh, no, didn't, do, it didn't do anything for me. Hmm. No. So let's uh, let's go back in time. Born in Connecticut. Yep. And uh, Henniker. Am I saying that right? Henniker, New Hampshire. The only Henniker on earth, this is where, which is tr- true. Really? Um, up in New Hampshire where I went to New England College, yeah. Uh, New England yeah. College. Never heard of it. What's uh? They have a mascot. They're the fighting somethings. The Pilgrims. Really? Yes. That's a surprise. Um, and it's just a small private school that competes in the Nestack uh, Division three. You know, with Middlebury and Bowden okay. and Babson's for yeah. You most say sports. that. There's eight people listening who actually. I have a pretty strong family contingent back in the Boston area. Okay. Andover, Lawrence, Methuen. Yep. yep. And uh, they'll probably recognize some of those. Sure, they will. Williams so, is in Massachusetts. Yeah. So. Wow. And then you consider Westport your hometown? Westport is my where I grew up, yes. Where you grew up. Yep. So if someone says, where are you from, what's your off-the-cuff reaction? Westport, Connecticut. Westport, yeah. okay. Yep. And you lived there till you were how old? 18, and then I'd, I'd left for school. Okay. Um, Really left there when I was 21 and moved to Chicago. Okay. Yep. And uh, I'm a big, big uh, Chicago fan, as you know. Yeah. yeah. So uh, you met Lisa here, your uh, wife? 
I met Lisa at the Hilton Mission Bay okay. when I was living in Chicago. We you were at, living in Chicago. We met at a wedding reception there oh. that we both happened to be at. Okay. Yes. And uh, she wasn't getting married, I hope. It, uh, she wasn't getting, okay. no, she wasn't getting married. No. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't on her wedding. That would you be didn't, quite a story. You didn't, right, you didn't say, I object! <laughs> no, no. I love her! No. Okay, no. so um, tell me, you met in a cab? How did that How did that happen? How that? So, uh you know, we were at the reception. We had danced a little bit. Um, I was very good friends with her sister's husband. Okay. Um, and they were, you know, they, they were leaving the reception, and I didn't know where anyone was. And I saw them kind of leaving, you know, p- probably going three or four miles an hour. But I opened the door and jumped in. Yeah. Um, and if I hadn't done that, I'm not sure if I would have ever you seen... Didn't have, you didn't yeah. have a number or anything? No. no this so, is, yeah. so then it would have been a major detective it work would have to been, try and yes. track her down. Yep. Yep. Well, that's so, cool. How, how long until you saw her again after that? Um, so I went back to Chicago the next day, and then six months, approximately, I moved out here. Oh, and did you see her in between at all? Yeah. A couple okay. times she went out to Chicago. I took okay. her to a couple of Blackhawks games, nice. which she, nice. she liked. Um the old Chicago Stadium with the fog this was and the United, national anthem. United Stadium, United Center. Oh, United Center. Yeah. Oh, so it wasn't that long ago. Two thousand two, so it was like okay. a year old. Okay, I yeah. think the stadium went down in two thousand one. Right. Yeah, it, sounds, yeah. It, was right, it was right around two thousand. I was yep. putting this back in my head a little further. So they didn't have the foghorn and the. They tried. I went yeah. to the old stadium, which was the most unbelievable experience. That was insane. Um, I've been there and they tried times. with the United Center, but it was so big that yeah. it couldn't get the same, you know, you didn't get the same feeling. Right. And you can't, you just can't, you can't bring no. old stuff into new stuff. I no. mean, once once a building goes down, like a Fenway ever goes down, but like Yankee Stadium, yep. they brought a few things over, but it's a whole different yep. thing. I mean, they sell Monument Park, but it's not, yeah. it's not the same. And the same with any, you know, even like... Qualcomm to Petco, yeah, it's completely different, and yep. and uh, they've really emphasized a lot of or emphasized a lot of different stuff. So you got in, you met six months later. You know what what brought you to San Diego? She did really. Yep, I uh, was going through just had gotten laid off from a job, and I was eleven years in Chicago, and I was just it was eight, it was uh, about March. And I just said, I, I, I can't handle any more winters here, and yeah. I need a change. And I knew quite a few people here. Um, and I have still have the email that I sent her, printed really? out, that said, hey, are there any jobs out there? I'm ready to move out there. Wow. Um, and her response was, are you sure? Um, because now, she had she had two young children. She's yeah. a single mother. Oh, wait, wait, no, wait, wait. That's right there. That's bullshit. You got to be fair to her. Single mother, man, that's a sacred thing. She yeah. was a single mother. She had a horse. She had a couple dogs. I was a single guy in Chicago. That you know, yeah. obviously, we'll we'll probably get into it. But you know, with a pretty pretty good alcohol problem. Um, <laughs> Winner. <laughs> and um, bless her heart. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, so. Yeah, so I, I moved out in May of 2003. Yep. Okay, and, and now did you move in with her? Yep, moved Is that right home? in. Okay. Yeah, we moved right, uh, rented a house on Murray in La Mesa. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's very close to where we're recording right now. Yes, it is. Wow. So where do you, where do you live now? We live down down the underneath the aid on the back end of Mount Helix. Okay. Chase and Lemon. Oh, Chase and Lemon, yeah, yeah sure. Yeah. 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 Okay, and you currently work 
I hope I say this right. Zalient? Zalient, yes. Pretty good there. It starts yes. with an X. Yes. And uh, how long have you been there? Uh, about a year and a half. Okay. Yep. What job did you get when you first moved to San Diego? So I, di I didn't work for a year. Wow. Um, so I okay, I just want to review. Yes. She <laughs> has two kids. Yeah. Job. Yeah. Uh, horse. Yeah. A couple dogs. Yeah. You are an unemployed alcoholic and didn't work for a year. Winner. That is correct. Okay. <laughs> just to set this. Set this right. Just, yes. just want to. Yes. Whew. All right. Um, so, and I'll expand <laughs> upon that. So okay. about six months of unemployment um she said you really got to get it you got to go do something yeah um and i didn't come here completely empty-handed i had sold a condominium okay, so i had okay. a little bit you know some finances but all right i actually went and sold christmas trees on main street in el cajon for 45 days wow um just to you know she said you got to get yeah. out and do something yeah um and then after that which was really humiliated uh, humiliated it's easy for you to say. Yeah, um, I got. A, I, I found a contact in my old industry, telecom industry, technology, and went and worked for a company called XO and uh, right off Convoy. Yeah, so I got oh. back in it. And that that's back in the tech business. Back in the tech business. And you were in the tech business. I was in the tech business before. So, what? Uh, yes. Now were you were you the heart of the dark dot com stuff? And dot, did you know it was a bubble at the time? I did not know it was a bubble, um, but. The dot com was certainly probably the uh, three years that alcohol consumption was the most, financial gain was, was the, the most, most right? everything was the most. And on paper, um, if you remember the stocks going up, you know, oh. fifty to a hundred dollars yeah. a day, yeah. um, we would all count our, you know, we would we were millionaires on paper. Right. Now we couldn't do anything with it. Was it were you not vested? Not vested. Oh. Not vested. So you had to wait three years, and I was working for a company that the stock was going through the roof. Right. Um, but you'd sit down at your desk every day and check the stock and go, hey, I'm, hey, I'm, I'm a millionaire. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, let's have a drink. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Celebrate. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so how'd you get in the tech business? Was that, what did you, what did you study in school? Was it, was it psychology in school? So it was, it was when I moved to Chicago without a job. So the theme obviously is, <laughs> I see the know, theme. I, I made big decisions without, without jobs, but fortunately I was able to, yeah. you know, find, um, I got into a company that was the first company that competed with the local telephone companies back okay, in 92. Yeah, AT&T was breaking up. They were Monopoly. Right, right. Your younger listeners won't have they any idea. They won't have any idea. No idea. A telephone kids, never mind. Never mind. Right. <laughs> um, but AT&T used to be a Monopoly, and they broke up, and I worked for a competitor to that, and um, it was a great opportunity, and so I got a job there in Chicago in 92. Nice. Yeah. Now, I remember I remember when Sprint and MCI was another one. Yep. Um, there, yep. was, there was a handful of... Yeah, of players who are trying to get into that MCI. Whatever happened with that? Did they? MCI is still kind of around, but they were bought up by now they're Lumen, which was Century. Oh, Lumen. Okay. Yeah, so All they've right. a lot of consolidation. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what MCI stands for, by the way? I do not. Microwave Communications Incorporated. I did not know yeah. that. Just a little tidbit. A I know you're. I know you like a lot I of do. information. I like knowledge. Knowledge <laughs> is power. I feel a little more powerful. Right. Thank you. <laughs> 
Uh, so let's see here. You got the job. What What were you doing in Boston when you did you did work in Boston? Yeah, yeah. And then right after school, I moved home, and thirty days went by, just like any kid that's twenty one, twenty two. Right. Um, a friend of mine from high school got a job in Boston. He said, "Hey, they have an opening. Come on up, move up with me." So we, I moved up to Boston for uh, it was probably two years, and okay. then that's when. The same guy moved to Chicago for a job, called me from Chicago nice. and said, why don't you come to Chicago? And I'm like... "What's it? Is there, is there falling out or anything? Or are you guys still cool? No, we're still cool. Okay, yeah. give him a shout out. Who was yeah. it? John Eld. John Eld. Eld Way yes. to go. Good on you, John. Yeah. If you got any really lucrative uh, jobs, let me know. Yeah. Reach out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so let's see. You said you had a couple good stories about the dot-com era flourishing and you being front and center in technology. Let's well, I th we kind of covered that. I mean, the stories were... <laughs> Drink. It, it relates count, to alcohol. Relax, right. Um, <laughs> for people that didn't, didn't aren't familiar with dot-com, it really was a time in history Yeah. Um, where we really... Money was just flowing at a fever pitch it was insane um and anything you you only had to put dot com right on the back of right. your name yes and stand up some sort of website which yep. is really what dot com was, was right creating something online yep now you couldn't really access it unless you had the technology on the other right. end like we do today but it just money was just pouring out and i, I was it was insane yeah i mean people were throwing any again starting tony on a mic dot com I could have been rich. Yep. Back then, exactly. people had thrown money at it. Yep. Uh, so, so they were throwing, and you were catching. I was. They were throwing. <laughs> I was catching, doing as, as as fast as I possibly could. So yeah, and then, obviously, as we know, it came all to a, a screeching halt. So, um, you know, so it ended pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Those were the days. Nothing good lasts forever. Yeah. And and honestly. It was. We've been through so like real estate had a bubble, and there've yeah. been some other bubbles that have have really inflated paper wealth. Uh, all right. Well, I think that sets up your background pretty good. We're going to take a little commercial break here and thank one of our sponsors, Retro Sports. You know Retro Sports no, over on yes, yeah, been there many Jacob times. over Retro Sport. They make uh, jerseys and uniforms, custom gear, individuals, teams. They did Travis Scott and Billie Eilish uh, for their tours when they were in Southern California. And me, Tony. Tony on the mic. They make my gear. My hats, the buttons, the shirts and stuff. Which you can find at TonyOnTheMic.com under the merchandise section. Order some. It's pretty spiffy gear. We are back today. My guest is Scott Adwood, former tech billionaire. Uh <laughs> <laughs> I wish, man. I wish. Now, were you actually able to liquidate much at all out of that? Because I know, I know personally, fifty people who were millionaires on paper several times over, but never got to actualize yeah. it. And I never no. Yeah. The the companies were being bought up after right. dot com, and so it just kept moving from one company to another. Then there were reverse splits, which kind of right. dilute. Right. So it never, it, it's, it's, I still have it and it's there as a nest egg, but it's certainly not anywhere near a million dollars, but it's free. It, it was given yeah. to me. So it's, right. it's, right. you know, it it's was there. there. Now, is it still in that company yes. or whatever? Yes. Okay. Can you say the company? It's the Lumen. 
Oh, it is a little bit. Yep. Okay. And they've been at 12 bucks for five years, and All right. I look at it every day, and it doesn't move either way. So. All right, everybody, put out your good vibes for Lumen. Yes. And then when Lumen uh, booms, boom and Lumen. Boom and Lumen, and, exactly. And <laughs> Scott will make some money. So, and I know this sounds, I know you I know you well enough that I can speak fairly casually about this. You know, the, the reason you're here is, is to talk about your personal journey through alcoholism sure. and then alcoholism in general. Um, you said alcohol was always around, like your family. Tell, tell me about that. It wasn't well. It wasn't necessarily my. Neither one of my parents were alcoholics, but alcohol was certainly present in every social setting that my parents had with friends that would come over or whatever the case may be. And and I had my first drink surprisingly, or maybe not so surprisingly, at fifteen, <laughs> um, at a hockey state championship party that I was the scorekeeper. My brother was on the team. Okay. But I bring it all back to having a couple glasses of wine at 15 in a hot tub doesn't <laughs> do a whole lot of, uh, of good for a 15-year-old. No, no. Um, in a hot tub especially. In a hot tub. It just, yeah. it just doesn't work well. So, Yikes. Um, but alcohol was always around and there really wasn't a, you know, back in the 80s, it wasn't like it is today. Where it's better than cocaine. Way better than that... any drug, yes, <laughs> yes. And I'll be clear to say that I never got into any... Luckily, I never got yeah. into anything else other than just... If you escape the dot-com yes. and the 80s without having a cocaine problem... <laughs> yes. Things could have been worse, let's just say that. I probably wouldn't be sitting here right now. Right. right. Yeah. <laughs> so... Uh, what, what was your relationship with alcohol? Did you... You know, you had your first drink at 15 in a hot tub or or whatever. Then yep. was it every weekend you went out to drink? Once a month you went out to drink? You started drinking more often? How did it How did it kind of start? Just more often. And it was always around. And that's what, you know, 18-year-old, 19-year-old kids did. Sure, of course. Um, you know, we would... Still we, do. We would hide vodka bottles in snowbanks so that we could... You know, when we left our parents' house, we'd go to the little, you know, the snowbank that we... Right. If we could remember where we'd left I it. I was going to say, that's dicey. Um, but... You, now, where'd you get it? Where'd you get them? Did, were you, like, stealing it from your parents? No. We would. We were able... The drinking Fine. age was... I got grandfathered in it. It was 18. Oh, okay. So I could go and, and buy alcohol. Okay. At 18. Wow. Um, and it just was... That, that was the thing to do. Yeah, that was it. We would go out and drink, and surprisingly, friends that lived in nice houses, their parents seemed to be gone all the time, and so Nancy's Na Nancy's hosting the party, so everyone's everyone goes over there, and wow, you know, pre cell phone, pre oh, yeah. any communication, yeah. it yeah. was, you know, someone called your your landline and right. you hoped your mother wasn't on the phone because right. we didn't have call waiting right right so you'd, you'd be bugging her about getting off the phone but yeah but lumen slash mci turned all that around with innovations and yes it did <laughs> <laughs> yeah you see you're tying it all back together see? i'm a professional yeah okay I'm a, this doesn't happen by accident yeah. so so 18 19 you started drinking now do you yeah. think you had a problem then or do you think it was just recreational then it was recreational um I think where I never, you know, as an alcoholic, you never think you have a problem. Right. And you don't admit that you have a problem. Um, even when people, 
you know, when I got into my 20s, some of my really close friends said, Scott, you might want to, you know, watch yourself. You did, you know, so you did have people actually tell you. I had a few. Turn it, it down a little bit. You know, just all, it's, it's all denial game while right. you're living as an alcoholic. Right. You know, you just deny it. And, and you're functional. Fu- totally functional. Go to work, no problem. So that brings up a good point. So functional, I consider myself because of that fact that I never missed a day of work. I always got everything done. I paid my bills. I did what I needed to do. Um, And as soon as that was over, then I started drinking. So now, did you ever drink like during the day at work and stuff like that? No, not not anything that I can remember. There's probably occasionally, but five hundred one. Is that you know you know five hundred one to ten, and then because you're functional, you got to get home, right? So you can just go ahead and you know start it all over again the next day. Yeah. And did you drink at home? I oh, mean, yeah. some of the things people yeah. say, like drinking alone. Did you yeah. drink alone? Love to drink alone. So it wasn't a, it wasn't specifically a social. No, no. But it it was... would be, it would be, it would turn from social to alone. Have a couple drinks, watch a ball game. Right. You know, living on my own. Um, but I made sure that you know that I was good and toasted before I went to sleep, so that I could wake up at six and start, start it all over. over again. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So, at what point do you think you recognized? How many people told you that you had a problem and then... Not many uh, in, when I was in Chicago. When I moved out here, so I drank one... The year I was unemployed, I was drinking and I was living with Lisa and the kids were young. Alex and Kira, who you know. Um, I do. And she basically didn't give me an ultimatum. She wouldn't call that. But she said, you have to choose. Um, it's getting a little bit out of control. And that's really when... I knew I had a problem and I didn't make a choice. And you, at that point, did you recognize it or yeah, were you yeah, just acquiescing yeah. to the... No, I I was tired of of the, where am I going to get my next drink and, you know, the hiding of it all and yeah, lying of it all. How much money were you spending on alcohol, would you think? Uh, you know, what's a bottle of Bacardi? 19 bucks times a couple, so, you know, but... 40 bucks a week. Yeah, I mean... It really wasn't the fact, financial, the money, hardship, financial right? thing, no. Okay. No. And so Lisa said, in not direct terms, but indirect terms, yep. it, it's uh, time to make a change. Yeah, it's time to make a change. And I was, at that point, after I had heard it, I was just, I, you know, I was tired. I was, I was ready to make a change. And I actually went to my first AA meeting drunk. Really? Yeah. Over, wow. in the, over at the Sharp... I don't know what it's called, but it's right um, Maine and First or something in El Cajon. I drove myself to the meeting and drunk, drunk, and you can do that, but they ask you not to open your mouth oh. if you've been drinking, which a lot of times people do. They'll, huh. you know, so they said, okay. Scott, you just sit there, and this is my first meeting. I've never right. been to one, anything right. like this, and after that, I've never, I've never had a drink since. Really? No. So you showed up to the meeting, and and I'm not making light of this. I'm just trying to paint a picture. Yeah. Was it like, I'm Scott, I'm alcoholic, and everybody goes, hi, Scott? Because that's what you see on TV. Is that... That's pretty how much it goes. I can't remember if I actually admitted that I was an alcoholic that first meeting. Right. Um, but what I was told was to do 30 meetings in 30 days. Wow. And that's what I tell people that I sponsor now is... Um, you know, there's rehab, there's all sorts of different options, but 
I say do 30 meetings in 30 days. Find a meeting that's close and convenient that can right. fit your schedule. Now, um, now, why do you say that? What, what's the benefit of that, you think? The benefit is you can't make it harder than it is. So if you're driving 20 miles to go to a meeting and you have to do it every day, right. you're going to find an excuse not to go. Okay. So I ended up going to the Lakeside, what used to be the Lakeside Hotel. Do you do? I don't old, remember right that old, tell, old part of Lakeside. It's now, uh, it's, I think it's an AA facility. Oh, really? Um, and I really got a rude awakening as to what other people were suffering and how easy I had it. I mean, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah. It, I mean, it is good. Yeah. You know, and, and I get, again, I want to be very respectful and not diminish yeah. your your journey, your struggles and everything. But it's, I, I get weary sometimes of everybody feeling like they have to out-suffer you know everyone else so it's kind of refreshing to hear someone say look i had a problem but it wasn't as bad as some of these people's problems but i attacked it head on yep. i went to 30 meetings in 30 days now doing that did you show up were there a lot of the same people were there other all, people all the same people yep. so 9 a.m every day and this but weren't I mean, everybody didn't start on the same day, like on a schedule. Did no, they? no, there was people that had been sober for ten years, and they're going days. every day still. They're going every day. Wow. Yep. So yep. you went 30, 30 Th for thirty. Thirty for thirty, um, and then I would go uh, once a week, and for about five years, okay. um, went to a breakfast meeting at Coco's right off Fletcher. It's not Coco's anymore. No, what is it? Shoot. Um, oh, it's Bear. Yeah. The Bear Cafe or the Smoky Bear Grizzly Bear Cafe yep. or something yep. like that. Yeah. So I went through that, and that, that helped tremendously, listening to other people's stories. And then, you know, I got to the point where... Um, well, hang on, hang on. Yeah. I want to just go back a little bit. When you say you heard the stories, do you think that was your reaction, holy crap, I could end up like that? Or, thank God I didn't end up like that? Or, I better stop before I end up like that? What was yeah. your What was your internal dialogue? It was a combination of all that. Okay. All that. So... I never really hit rock bottom like a lot of people, like most alcoholics do. Sure. I didn't get a DUI. I didn't um, hurt wrap somebody, wrap a car. Right. Um, so lucky there. But when you hear stories of people that lived through that and how crushing their yeah. life became, yeah. and it was all because of alcohol, um, and they're struggling daily. I wasn't, I had pretty much was like, I'm not touching alcohol again, no matter what. So, wow. and you haven't had a drink since. I haven't had a drink since, so I wow. never had any re any relapse or anything that uh, didn't fall. Tempted off ever? No. Wow. Nope. Um, the closest I ever came was I went to my bachelor party in Colorado, sober with ten of my friends for a Cubs Rockies game, <laughs> and I ordered a, I think it was. Uh, Sells. I don't know what it was, but yeah. they actually. One of my friends saw the bartender mix alcohol in it. Oh, and hand it to me, and my friend berated the bar the bartender. Good for him. Yeah, you got good friends, yeah. man. Yeah, that's so a good that friend. was the close. That's the closest. Because there's a lot of douchebag friends who would think that'd be hilarious. Yeah, no, it's a special party. Give no, them a drink. You no, know, no, it, and and that's, you know, part of the struggle I think with not only admitting you're an alcoholic, but 
now what's my relationship with my friends going to be like since my relationship was always drinking with them. Right. Anytime you go, whether you play golf, you go to a ball game, you just hang out, you're having beers right. or whatever. Um, and all of my friends completely understood it. That's and, awesome. Yeah. yeah That's to this now, day. Do they, did they still drink around you? Were yeah. They, and yeah. was there a conversation to say, hey, man, do you mind if I drink? Or They didn't necessarily ask me, but I made it clear that I have, I'm not... I'm not okay. here to be the do your do your thing do your thing you know and when I'm ready to leave I'm not going to probably say goodbye because I don't want to deal with it I'm just going to leave right <laughs> right. <laughs> right so yeah. yeah now do you think you recognize you say other people recognized your problem before you recognize it in yourself do you see other people and think eh? well the definition of an alcoholic is pretty broad yeah and so you know anyone that you know, drinks, gets drunk. We use the word blackout. Right. Technically, he's an alcoholic. But if you blacked out once a month, you know, I, I don't know, you know, but... It um, seems like a lot to me. It seems to be a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think one time in a year right, would be Right, right. I was going to say, once a year, you might forgive, uh, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't, I don't drink either, so... I do not judge anyone. Um, I've... Have people have people approached me, and I've I sponsor some people now. Okay, um, with a general, a really good friend of mine, and and his he lives up in Rancho Bernardo, and he's two years sober. Nice. And then a couple of my people that I've sponsored that hasn't been so successful. They fell off. Um, do you consider that a failure? Do you feel like you failed? I consider it somewhat of a failure, but they I also could I also knew pretty early that it. That it wasn't gonna, that they weren't gonna, they weren't gonna go sober, and it really comes down to admitting that you're an alcoholic. The hardest thing for an alcoholic to say is, "I'm an alcoholic," right? Out loud, right, in front of people, yeah. Um, and going back to the meetings, that's the first thing you say to whoever many people there are. So when you go to thirty meetings in thirty days and you say, yeah. "I'm an alcoholic every day," um. It registers. Let me, let me ask a few of the procedure, just yeah. interesting things. So you had how many people roughly in a meeting? Probably between 10 and 15. Okay. And then you go around and each person, like, hi, I'm Tony. I'm alcoholic. Yep. Yeah, hi, Tony. I'm Scott. I'm alcoholic. Hi, Scott. Yep. I mean, is that the way they started? It's the way they start. And then they go through some readings of some, you know, they, they ask people to read the, you know, all the different AA stuff. And then it's basically anyone that wants to, you know, just talk about whatever they want to talk about. Mm. Um, in my particular situation over at the Lakeside uh, Hotel, there was a lot of mixed drug and alcohol. Yeah. And I, so they had a whole different story, a lot of different stories that seemed to, the drugs hurt them financially yeah. way more. And they had a much longer road than just me walking in, you know, right. saying I liked rum and coke. Right. Um, right. But I was an alcoholic just like they were, so I was yeah. even playing field. Got to know them very well. And and uh, how many how many people do you think you've sponsored? I probably sponsored probably like seven to ten. Okay. Yeah. Now, do you another trope on television is the chip? I have yep. my one month, six months. Yep. How often do you get a chip? Well, now you get it once a year, but you just you, one a year. But when you start, you get one at 30 days, oh, 60 okay. days, 90 days, okay. and they get better quality as the years go by. So the okay. first chip you get, it's like going to the 7-Eleven and getting something out of a gumball machine. Okay. <laughs> and then 
at I, I have a. How'd take, you feel when you got that chip? Oh, it was the, it was the best. Yeah. And I had to choose someone from that meeting that I would consider getting up and talking about me and presenting me the chip. Oh, and you it, you chose. Well, yeah. I mean, okay. I because I wasn't. You know, no one from the outside could come in to, to, to do that. So it had right. to be someone within the group. So I just said, hey, Jim, can you present me with your 30-day chip? Um, and, he, you know, I can't remember. I think he had five or ten years. Wow. Um, but now, as you get, you know, 17 to 20, the chips get to be, you know, they're, they're a lot more. I, I find them a little more meaningful. Yeah, substantial. Yeah. yeah. Now, do you, how, do you, what's your chip? Do you have a chip? I... I haven't had it. I haven't taken a chip probably in ten years. Okay, so what was the last chip you got? I pr- think I think it was ten. A ten-year yep. chip. Yeah. And. Uh, yeah. Pretty cool when you got. Very it? cool. Yeah. Very cool. That is cool. And do you still have the physical chip? I got all of all of them. Really? Yeah. Oh yeah. Nice. Yeah. Now, how come you don't go back and get a twenty? I will when I get there. But, oh okay. It's not. There yeah, yeah. I'm a, I'm at seventeen. Okay. So and we we take it one day at think a time. You're gonna, I was gonna say, think you're gonna make it three years? <laughs> I gotta. I hope. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, that's that's remarkable. And I think another comment that you made was, you have to accept and believe that you have a problem, and you have to honestly want to change. Yeah, you can't just say you want to change. You can't pretend you want to change. You can't change when people are looking and watching. Yep, it's got to be. And that and that's the whole with an alcoholic. They live in in this delusion that. If people aren't looking, then I'm not alcoholic. Well, that's hence the drinking alone right. and stuff. Um, but they, you know, you have to admit that you have a problem and that you want to make a change. And most of the time, unfortunately, it happens when you've, you know, right, you know, you do something bad. Yeah. Yeah. Were there how many? I mean, you hear like some real horror stories about. Oh yeah. 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 And uh, like. And then you'd get you get the. Um, folks that would come into A that were court order, so they have a pink slip. So yeah. we always we always didn't like those people, yeah, uh, because they weren't there for the right reason. Right. They were there because they were forced. Did it ever help them? You think? Um, I didn't really see anything. They, most of them were there just to just to put in the time. Put in the time. Yep, yep. So you know, again, it, until it until it changes inside, yep, then it can't change. Yep, and I'm not speaking. As an alcoholic, recovering. No, but it, it, I just it, want to be I think clear it, about that. You know, especially now with, you know, we <clears> see <throat> depression and we see lots of drugs. Um, you know, it goes across the board for everything. Yeah. Um, it could be just a, a job that you don't like and you want to change jobs. You have to admit that you don't like the old right. job to go to the new job, but you're afraid because there's, you know, you don't want to make those changes. Okay, so I'm going to throw a couple things out and yeah. you tell me if you think it's an addiction. Okay. My friend Jim. Works at Bed Bath and Beyond. He hates his job. He hates his life. He's pretty much a dead end loser. He's probably listening. But <laughs> but I actually went on a pretty long run there with Jim and making fun of him, but I thought I'd cut it short because only three people on the planet would think that was funny. So you're welcome. Yeah. I didn't say I mean there are thousand times i said god i need to change i need to change i need to do something different i need to do this but i never did until yep and it sounds like your friend you know we we talk about being in your comfort zone yeah 
uh, and getting out of your comfort zone. So I've learned a lot through yoga. Um, the mental oh, we're going to talk about yoga. Yeah, um, is getting out of your comfort zone. And it sounds like your friend, uh, he needs to get out of his comfort zone and try something, you know, t t take, a, take a chance. Change yeah. your mind take a chance, on the first day in line. Honey, I'm still free. Take a chance, take a chance, take a chance on me. Did you go through any withdrawals or anything after you stopped drinking? Absolutely. So, oh. um, so funny story. Not so funny. Yeah, funny. Yeah, um, no, nothing's as funny. As I had to replace the sugar, and I did that by eating a pint of Ben and Jerry's ice cream five nights a week. <laughs> that doesn't. For, that sounds. I will not even tell you for how long, but I went to the doctor, and my obviously my cholesterol Glucose, was a little elevated. Uh, yeah, everything, and was that off came the to charts. a screeching halt. But I, yeah, I had to replace the sugar, um, and you'll see um, recovering alcoholics. A, a lot of times they have a sweet tooth, and it's just a natural. Right. It's, it's a replacement. Right. Um, but you can't. You you've got to be more conscious about your diet. Um, yeah. you know, and, and, and all that stuff to make sure that you're not, you know, just replacing one thing, one addiction with another addiction. Right. So, right. yeah. So now you say you went through withdrawals. Withdrawals from not necessarily having a drink. Right. But just the, I, I, my body was the first probably six months to a year, my body, I just couldn't, the sugar was like, I was you getting headaches. sugar to process. Yeah. 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 Huh. Wow, and unfortunately, I found uh, coffee, Heath Bar Crunch, Ben and Jerry's, which was my my That's, flavor to go to. That sounds fortunate to me. Yeah, wow. <laughs> <Well, laughs> yeah. Although, I I get it. I'm also uh, trying to stay away from some of that sugar. And again, yeah. my doctor said, "Hey, yeah. that's enough. Yeah. You know, you need to change." Yep. And so, you know, and again, it helps me because I have kids, I have you know, wife, and I have a dog and a mortgage and and things like that. So. If the doctor says, you know, your cholesterol is at a point or your blood pressure is at a point or your glucose is at a point, you're pre-diabetic or whatever, yeah. you really sit back and go, whoa. Yeah. So how much of that do you think is a key? Do you think it's like having something else to kind of live for? I mean, not that you're living for alcohol, but you know what I mean? Yeah. And I, you know, I think I, so I stopped drinking when I was 30, what is it? 36, I guess it was. Um, Dang. And I had old. no health issues. So it wasn't that I, I have friend, a very good friend that I lived with in Chicago that's having a liver transplant the next two Ooh. weeks. Same um, guy? Same guy. Got you get a job? What's that? The guy who got you the job? No, no, he didn't oh, give me a job, no. but he, I brought him in and he was oh. having some issues, but, um, and he's a Packers fan. Oh, but, well, good. Screw him. Then. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, they botched that kidney transplant. Yeah. No, I'm but just obviously joking. now he's, um, you know, he's our age, 50 ish and uh -huh. he's having a liver transplant. I hate to say, but I'm 60 ish. Well, I'm a... <laughs> I was trying to give you the benefit of the doubt. I appreciate that. You look but, uh, 50. I pray. Hey, yeah, yeah, I never thought I would look forward to that compliment. <laughs> You don't look a day over 50. Right. <laughs> now, what would you tell friends or family of someone who has an alcoholic in their life who hasn't embraced or acknowledged the fact that, that they have a problem? So a spouse that has an alcoholic. Spouse, spouse yeah. sibling, um, cousin, co-worker. 
I mean, it, it, it's 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 a very difficult conversation. And, and this one gentleman that I sponsored for the last two years, I actually started interacting with his wife who called me and it kind of made me feel a little uncomfortable. Mm. Um, and I told her, yeah, I'll talk to you because you're friends with me. But right. normally this wouldn't this, this wouldn't work well yeah. because if he found out that you were talking to me then you know yeah, be, the whole i'm sponsoring him thing, right. and it's a very right. um you know wow. trust thing yeah um but she was re she really needed help and she needed some guidance from me as to what to do and there's programs for spouses of alcoholics okay um and it, the name is slipping my mind people have been through it but i'll find it i'll, um, I'll edit it in yeah professionally uh, if you know someone who's struggling with substance abuse, spouse or a friend or a coworker, there are a lot of resources out there. The hardest part of this is seeing the problem when they don't see it. Until they see it, it's hard to be supportive. But you know, try and be there, love them, be patient. Overcoming addiction and giant life overhauls, those are brutal treks and the best thing you can do is be positive and be there. Now, there are several living with alcoholics, coping with alcoholics, spouse, help for spouses of alcoholics. Lots of this information is out there. Try Al-Anon, uh, New Directions is a good one. American Addiction Centers is good. Recovery.org is good. But just, you can certainly search spouses for alcoholics and coping with an alcoholic spouse, things like that, and get the support you need because it is tough. It's tough on everyone, not just the alcoholic. It's tough on everyone they come in contact with. So make sure you're supporting yourself. But... You know what you what you tell them is is you you have to get them you have to try to get them some help somehow, but it's very difficult and you know anything that anybody's addicted to and you're the spouse of that person right knows what it is living like that and yeah. not really being able to do much um, besides pushing someone into something that again they don't necessarily want to do right. And don't um, feel they have to do. Yeah. It's like, I don't have a problem. Right. So you'll see a lot. Uh, rehab, for example. I use the 30 days and 30 meetings in 30 days. A lot of people go to rehab for alcohol now. They tried to make me go to rehab. I said, no, yeah. no, no. tried to make me go to rehab. I said, no, no, no. But you go and you you know you sit in this use Betty Ford for example. Okay. Um, you go and you know you get fed three meals a day and they go through some meetings and they give you some information. Um, and they you're control not they control your whole environment. The right? whole I mean, environment is controlled. Yep. Yeah. And then at the last weekend you get you know your parents or your spouse can come and see where you've been living the last you know right. four Power weeks. Long, yeah. And then you're released. And who knows what happens from there yeah. rehab is it works for a lot of people but again um you, a lot of people don't necessarily go there on their own you know they're right you know they're right. forced to go right um and that's pink when, slip folks yeah we hate them yeah yeah okay. exactly we don't hate them just well pink, I know slip, <laughs> pink slips aren't going to betty ford but they're going oh, you yeah. know because it's you know Same. expensive but right um <laughs> They're going to the Lakeside Hotel. Yeah, rich hotel. pink slips. Yeah. That we hate. We do hate them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. I am going to move away from 
alcoholism and just have a little bit of fun after this commercial break. We're going to hear from Alante, Alante Construction. Rick Villapondu. Do you know Rick by any chance? Uh, you ever need anything done in the community? Rick's your man. He does from the border to Oceanside and from the desert to the ocean. Big jobs, small jobs, any jobs at all. Call Big Rick at Alante Construction. Alante. Whoa. Construction. Whoa, when you need some work on your home and you want a professional job, you can call on Big Rick because that man is so slick and then you will enjoy peace of mind. You can leave all confusion and all disillusion behind. If it's a new kitchen or patio, just call on Daddy-O Alante Whoa Construction Whoa, 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 whoa Hey, this is going off for Big Rick Rick and Alante Construction San Diego County, top to bottom, left to right He handles all your needs, no job too big or too small You want it done and done right? Call Big Rick and we are back today i am talking to recovering alcoholic it's refreshing to say that it's refreshing to see that and it's you know it's a testament to the indomitable spirit of of, hum, of humans that, that we can see things fix things and it's frustrating to me sometimes when people don't you know it's it's and it whether it's getting a job whether it's you know whatever it is you say look you know you need to do this so just do it yeah but it's obviously it's not that simple life's yeah. not that simple there's all kinds of barriers and struggles that people don't know about but it's it's refreshing when somebody does conquer and come out the other side and then reach back and pull more people through yeah. you know that's to me that's even bigger because it'd be much easier to say i made it all right yeah. i'm gonna get on with my life now i do have one more question about alcoholism yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You, you say people have reached out to you and asked you questions. I had no idea. I mean, we're not hanging out, buddies, but I've yeah. known you for a while. And how do people find out? I mean, how do, how do people know? Well, just a lot of my friends and friends of friends that have, uh -huh. that, that have known, um, as well as people that I've run into at, at meetings, you know. Mm. Um, but this particular guy, most recently, I've known for a while. And he finally he finally reached out. Um, and he knew that you had gone through. He knew, okay. you know, he knew I was sober. But he was in a he was in a whole different, um, you know, he was into the hiding the vodka bottle in the tree in his backyard as an adult. As an within three years ago, and he's wow. fifty something, very successful, kids at RB High, the whole nine yards, wow. and he had a different problem. I mean, he was really in trouble and so what like his spouse and yeah. they, oh is that the one you're telling me yeah, about the yeah, spouse yeah, yep, okay yep. wow that's so and he's been he's over he's over two years sober now so and is he happier i mean is it unbelievably nice yep nice yep all right so uh let's talk about some of your feckless days as a youth yes uh, or not that young i guess but it says you say you sneak into games at fenway and yeah, we, uh, you know, it, it was, I had some friends that were, had been in, you know, Borden, Brandon, Boston, and knew all the tricks of Fenway and all the little, uh, 
doors that said exit on them that happened to be open and people looking the other way. But um, the Notre Dame games, we used to we used to have the yellow security jackets that someone got a hold of. I don't know how. It's not like we could go on the internet and buy them. No, not that. So um, you just put on a jacket put and Put on a jacket in. and we would walk right in. Um, <laughs> back in the 90s, and I don't know what it's like today... Notre Dame was much was smaller. It was it was it, they made the they did the expansion to eighty thousand in I want to say like two thousand three four. Was it that late? I thought it was a little earlier. It might have been might have been before then. Yeah. But the security folks that took your tickets literally were like ninety years old at Notre Dame <laughs> games, and they were they were there obviously to volunteer. But as of soon course. as the last guy walked in, they wanted to go watch the game. Right. Um, so it was very easy to, you know, maneuver around, and we took full advantage of it. Um, <laughs> and as, soon, as soon as you? you walk in, the security guard, you know, security jacket came off, sweatshirt went on, and, and we were in the game. game. Um, but you know, you can't do that. Uh, and now days. Fenway and and you say Boston Garden. Boston Garden, like we used to do. We had a, fr- a friend at school um, had some tricks with the garden. Yes, and and again, it was just. Doors that you would th- you would just walk by if you were outside the garden, right? That said exit or players only or whatever. whatever yeah, and you would just we did that a couple times at Dodger Stadium. Uh, once we got in the stadium, then we'd go down to the players yep. area yep. and the the whole bit, which yep. is kind of cool. Yeah, and then we used to sneak into movies all the time. We'd buy like one ticket and then yep. they'd open the <laughs> yeah. the door with and let ten friends in. Yeah, I think I want to say fifteen. 15 or so was our record we always like first it was like three or four of us who go to a movie chip in buy one ticket yep. look around let them in then i was like let's see how many people we could get in yeah, yeah. and then once it went south and you know we're trying just being stupid yes yeah, yeah 17 18 20 people whatever and then so you got all these people filing in and this guy who we could be security who knows we all just ran yeah because like hey what are you doing and we all just took off like we stole something, which we kind of did. I guess we stole admission. Yeah. But it was just hysterical that we all just took off, terrified. Yeah. I mean, we were terrified. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Tennis. You say you play competitive tennis. Tennis has been part of my life uh, going back till I was like five years old. Um, so here's a good story. So I was fortunate enough to grow up with a tennis court in my backyard in Connecticut. Wow. And when my parents built the tennis court, they needed someone to teach their kids. I have two older siblings, a, a sister and brother. Okay. And my dad was an attorney, and he found a gentleman that was going to law school in New York, and he made a deal with them that he could live at our house for free if he taught his kids, me, right. and my siblings, to play tennis. Wow. And that went on for like three, well, all through his whole entire law school, uh, three years. Right. And so I learned at a very young age how to play and then played in and high school. And that guy grew up to be Andre Agassi. No, that was... Okay. Uh, <laughs> no, that guy is, he lives in Vermont. I haven't talked to him in a while, but he's got to be 75 years old. Okay. Bill Stearns was his name. Great guy. But I look back and I'm like... You know, there's a here's a guy in law school. He's living in a house for free, um, obligated six or eight hours a week of tennis to teach these little kids how to play. But right. the rest, you know, he got free room and board. Yeah. Um, and was going to law school, so it was a great deal for both. Yeah. Um, 
And then when I moved to Chicago, I didn't play for 18 years. Wow. I, I took 18, Chicago for 11 and then my first seven here. Um, didn't pick up a racket. Didn't pick up a racket. Wow. And uh, finally realized after being here for seven years um, and the amount of tennis that San Diego is, it's a yeah. hotbed of tennis, um, that it was time to pick it back up. And now I'm playing three or four times a week. You think you could beat Anthony in tennis? I know I could beat Anthony in tennis. Wow. Yeah. And All right, and ping pong. If, if you, oh, uh, yeah. Uh, now you can't beat me in ping pong. Okay. So, <laughs> so I mean, you could warm up with Anthony because he's okay. the lower. You see that? Wait, uh, where is it? I got a ping pong trophy up there. Oh, wait, hang on. I got to move my Cubs head. I've I've never known anyone with a ping pong trophy. See that? Yes. That's a ping pong trophy. Wow. Yes, Lawrence family. <laughs> so why did you bring up is Anthony an up and comer in the ping, in the tennis world? Uh, he likes he likes to play. Okay, and he fancies himself pretty good. Okay, but I I just with my knees I can't get around a court. I anymore. would I, I belong to San Diego Tennis and Racket. I'll have Anthony down there. We can go down there and hit balls anytime. No. All right, I have no problem with that. Well, if we get some doubles going, I could probably play doubles. You don't have to move as much. That's yes. yeah, Absolutely. that would be the key. Yep. Says you won a couple tournaments. The sanctioned by USTA. Yes, so there's. Tournaments all over the place. Um, there's probably 12 or 15 a year in San Diego, most of them at Balboa, um, that are USTA tournaments, both rated tournaments and age group. Um, I haven't fared very well in the age group ones just because I play in the 50s and then I end up playing some guy that played at UCLA in the 80s right. and he's still in really good shape and <laughs> never drank alcohol and never had a Ben & Jerry's. Um, but... <laughs> The ratings, I'm a 4-5, and so, um, you know, it's very competitive. But nice. I do, I did win some tournaments. I haven't won one in probably four or five years, but um, I'm coming back. Oh. Uh -huh. Yeah. Um, you're Michael Jordan? Did you just, yeah. I'm back? Yeah. That's it. Two <laughs> words. Yeah. Says you do yoga? Yes. Well, almost day, bitches. Um, so yoga has been certainly helpful with the from an alcohol perspective. Um, both mentally and physically, but, um, you're, you know, Anthony talking about Anthony, yeah. he, I've, I've practiced side by side with him. Um, and he probably could tell you the same thing that I would. And that is, yeah, it's great. The physical part of it is really good, but yeah. it's all the mental. Yeah. It's being in that place for, a, for, you know, the studio for, um, an hour and there's no distractions and it's just you and the mat and what you're doing and you're not a distracted by anybody else and it really focuses you on on trying to be the best you can be yeah hmm. no i've done i took i've taken a couple of yoga classes and honestly it's something that if i could slice it into my life i would love to and i guess i would just have to slice something else out right now and i'd have to find out like i had an early morning like a 7 a.m yoga is great i do yoga yep. class and it's funny because i took a yoga class and then took a weightlifting class and i'm like uh or no weightlifting then yoga it was like okay i'm gonna go work out then i'm gonna get a nice stretch and the you know not realizing how physically demanding yeah. yoga is. So. Yeah, and it depends on what type of yoga. So uh, Core Power Yoga right here in La Mesa, they have a studio on Baltimore and Fletcher. Oh, maybe they, they want to sponsor a podcast? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, they have all sorts of different classes, most of which are, are vinyasa flows, which are That was, yeah, that's tough. what I did. Um, 
they used to have Corey store which was just really a like very um a lot of stretching which would be really good yeah. for someone that has super sore knees or shoulders or just want to open up their body right i'm into the hot yoga nice. um which is a, a little mixture of both um but it just helps tennis running around on concrete for two hours Whoa. can really bang my shoulders up my knees up and yeah. just doing yoga a couple times a week just keeps, keeps it all it. Nice. keeps it all good all right you sold me i'm gonna sign up for a yoga class so when you folks reach out to the podcast at tony lawrence on the mic at gmail.com send a send a question ask me how my yoga is doing and yep. uh hopefully we get enough people out of core power yoga that they'll say oh you know what go in there and say hey i heard about you on tony on the mic then if enough people go in there maybe they'll sponsor when so. I post this on my Facebook page, there you go. All my, I have a lot of yoga followers. Nice, and they will recognize you when you walk in. Yes, and it's free for the first week or two, and so there's no to, excuses. Just, there, there are six a.m. classes too. Is there? Yes. See, that's the hurdle. If if there are six a.m. classes, it really removes an obstacle. All right. I guess the first. What's the opposite of a of a, a holic like? when you steadfastly refuse to believe that you need something like yoga <laughs> well <laughs> and you, you said you had to take something out in order to fit in and you probably can do it all you're probably right you're probably you're not probably right you're right yeah. there's no question about yeah. it so your favorite sports team blackhawks blackhawks yeah now i i was living in chicago through 76 i think and then we moved back for a little while but i've been i remember in my youth my mom was a chicago fan and my dad too but my dad was a boston fan because he grew up in boston yep. so we'd go and catch the most i mean back then it was like uh phil esposito and antonio esposito on the blackhawks yep. and and just those that era of hockey was so good mm -hmm. and and so amazing uh, so your favorite player and mine is Wayne Gretzky. Yep. But who's your favorite Blackhawk? Um, it was probably like Ed Belfour or, or someone. The, the oh, reason... That's later than me because I'd be I'm like Stan Makita, Dennis yeah, Antonio, I, I became a Blackhawks fan when I moved to Chicago, and I was able. It was the first team I was able to buy season tickets uh, for. With and all that. so. I, that to me money. was my, I, it was that was my team because yeah. I was able to do that on my own. Um, I grew up going to Ranger game, you know, New York Ranger games with my dad, but and Yankee games. But <laughs> being able to go to Wrigley Field and the old Chicago Stadium, yeah. it was I, you know, as a 23, 24 year old, I was like, this is unbelievable. Yeah. Season tickets into the United Center. And they weren't very good, you know, Jeremy Roenick. But, yeah, yeah I love Tony Esposito, yeah. Makita. There's lots of history to that yeah, team. Definitely. Yeah, But I saw, I saw Wayne Gretzky. I would, oh, hang on. You're getting the full gauntlet <laughs> of my memorabilia. First, my ping pong trophy. This puck? Yeah. That's a Wayne Gretzky during warm-ups. Wow. Slapped that puck, hit off the top of the goal, into the crowd, and there was only... A dozen of us. It was pregame, you know, yep. during warmups and everything. There was a dozen of us there. I uh, outmaneuvered the ten and eight year old who were close. Right? Was this when he was playing with the Kings? <laughs> yeah, with the Kings okay. in yeah. L.A. Mm -hmm. And it was. Uh, it, but 
of all the people I've ever seen play, and this includes Jordan, this includes a lot of people, he was the one who was so clearly better than everyone else on the ice. I mean, he was just so, when you watch him, especially live, yep. he could do whatever he wanted yep. whenever he wanted. And yep. he was just so fluid. Yeah, so I really have a great appreciation for for yeah, and if, if you look at if you look at the records that he still holds, that yeah. probably well, not probably, definitely won't be broken. They are some of the most unbelievable feats of any sporting person. Yeah. Um. Just just goals in a season, goals in games, assists, point totals. Point it's totals just unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, Gretzky's unbelievable. All right, we're gonna take one last break and get to know you. The last bit is going to be a little this or that or you get to tell me a few things you prefer over something else and then we go to the electric chair to see how you're going to depart and we shall return after this message from morning briefing coffee when you need that gourmet coffee morning briefing coffee roasted locally right here in la mesa mm. god damn jimmy this some serious gourmet shit. Me and Vincent would have been satisfied with some freeze-dried tasteless choice, right? <laughs> Nice brings this serious gourmet shit on. What flavor is this? Like it off, Julie. What? I don't need you to tell me how good my coffee is, okay? I'm the one who buys it. I know how good it is. Bonnie goes shopping, she buys shit. I buy the morning briefing. Because when I drink it, I want to taste it. When you want to taste your coffee, when you want that serious gourmet coffee, the best part of waking up coffee, good to the last drop, tastes as good as it smells, you'll always want a second cup coffee. When you want that, get locally roasted morning briefing coffee right here in La Mesa. He makes custom blends and you always get top quality fresh coffee. Morning briefing coffee, when you want that gourmet And we are back. For a little this or that with my guest today, Scott Atwood, inspiration, overcoming the depths of alcoholism and rising other people out of it. So uh, this section, if you listen to the show, you I'll, I'll offer you a couple choices on a couple different things, and then we'll just kind of have some fun with it. Expand where you want, um, defer. Don't you don't have to make anything up if nothing moves the needle. Uh, let's start with a little bit of music. How about uh, Jackson Brown versus James Taylor? Uh, probably James Taylor, just because I know more songs from from him. From but James Day, yeah. I'm actually going to see him on November 7th at the Sports Arena. Wow! Both of them together. Wait, Jackson Brown and James and Taylor. James Taylor. Well, yes. let me know after. Yeah. Who, who's better? <laughs> I, I I can't believe Jackson Brown is still ah. able, but yes, he's on tour. So. Yeah. Yeah. What about the Counting Crows versus Ben Rector? Counting Crows. Counting Crows. Crows is 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 all-time favorite really um all right just saw him a couple weeks ago at the sports at the open air dang you're a concert they've been, they've been around for 30 years which i didn't realize until they said that the other, i didn't realize that yeah, until just now 92 from their first album they weren't they were the warm-up band for the rolling stones holy cow you know what it's i guess i should kind of put that together because we did homecoming at grossmont and the theme was through the decades uh-huh. so they gave me a song for each decade to play and they got to the 70s and said September by Earth, Wind, and Fire. And I'm like, there's no way that was the 70s. That's almost 50 years ago. Right? <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. And, and uh, guess what? It was yeah. in the 70s. So yeah. that's, that's crazy. 
All right. Uh, let's see. How about Chicago deep dish pizza? Are you a Luminati's guy or Giordano's? Giordano's. Are you? Yeah. Have you ever had Connie's on the South Side? Uh, no, I've not. Check it out if you're up there and around. That's okay. my that's my go-to. Okay. I mean, the you know Luminati's and Giordano's yep. can't go wrong. They're they're yep. money and in the bank. Lefties here has lefties. the closest thing to Giordano's in my opinion. Okay. Lefties on. Uh, you know, I've been reluctant to try it because you don't want to be disappointed. You know, and if I'm going to eat a deep dish pizza, you will to... not. I don't think you'll be disappointed. Okay. I don't think you will. All I right. was. I had the same feeling walking in, and when I walked out, the the pizza box weighed like six pounds. Nice. Okay. I said, I know this right. thing's going to be right. right. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Put it in your trunk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You and your buddy had to carry it out. <laughs> yeah. You have to cut it with a chainsaw. Oh, Reese's peanut butter cup or coffee ice cream? Oh, coffee ice cream is. Yeah, I might still. Now, what was the ice cream you talked about earlier? The Ben and Jerry's coffee Heath Bar Crunch. Coffee Heath Bar Crunch. Yes. Is that still is have, that the? I haven't. I haven't had it. I, I've had a Ben and Jerry's, you know, on and off, but I haven't had coffee Heath Bar Crunch in a long time. Hmm. So that's still on the Mount Rushmore of uh, ice yeah. cream, coffee yep. Heath Bar Crunch. Yep. All right. Favorite superhero? Uh probably Batman. Batman. Yeah. And what do you like about Batman? Uh, I just liked his car. Car, the Batmobile. Yeah, now, Batmobile. what do you think about the? You're, uh, you remember the original? Yeah. Back in the day, yeah. what do you think the new one with the giant tires and? Don't haven't seen the new one. Really? Nope. Huh. Interesting. Okay. Monopoly versus Risk. Monopoly. Monopoly. Do you play Risk. Risk at all? We played Risk. Yeah. Okay. But Alex, our my son, um, was big Monopoly. We have, I think he's got eighteen Monopoly boards. What? He wanted every single new oh, one. Oh yeah. And all the different ones and. We would play, and Monopoly can be somewhat boring. It can know, be. Um, after a while, right? Right, right. Um, but we just constantly, we would play, right. you know, let's bring out the, the, the other one that we haven't played. You know, right, like, right. Let's so. bring out the Simpsons version. Did yeah. you have the Simpsons one? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Halloween decorations versus Christmas decorations? Christmas decorations. Really? Yeah. Huh. I'm, not, I'm not a big Halloween guy. You know, I'm not a Halloween party guy. And it's funny, I, I guess because Halloween's coming up, I'm kind of a prisoner of the moment. So yep. I, I, some of these neighbors around here go cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, for right. and it's really cool stuff. Yeah, yeah. And then Christmas comes around, and it just makes me happy. Yeah. So yep. uh, if I had to choose, I'd, right now I would choose Halloween, but ask me in a month I'll, after Halloween's over, and I'll probably say Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> so let's see, Coke versus Pepsi. Uh, you know, it goes back and forth. I'm diet, number one, okay. but uh, either one. Okay. Yep. Um, McDonald's versus Burger King. Burger King. The mm. original chicken sandwich is the best thing oh, that you can get. Sandwich. And if you make it like a Whopper, which a lot of people don't know about, I and you'll not. confuse the person that is taking your order, but order the original chicken sandwich made like a Whopper, and they put everything that's on the Whopper oh. on the chicken sandwich. So you get pickles... You get the special sauce, you get the lettuce and the tomato and the cheese, and it is, it's the best thing. That sounds, I that's old have, school. I mean, that is. say in and out or I something, might, but. I um, might have to try that. Yeah. Uh, let's see, Jack in the Box versus Taco Bell. Never been to Taco Bell. You've never been to a Taco Bell? Never been to one. I don't know. I mean. You don't like Mexican I, food? I, I, I'm I just kidding. say that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I when I drive by a Taco Bell here in San Diego and I see Just, someone in the drive-in, I'm like, you've 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 got to be kidding me. Huh? I mean, there's there's you know that's that's a great. Well, the only thing I'll say 
to that for that person is you can get a bag of food as big as your head for like six dollars at Taco That's Bell. Very but, true. Very <laughs> but true. again, you're right. There's so many quality yes. taco burrito yep. Quesadilla, quesadillas. Yeah, you, you can want. get anything yeah. around here. Yep. What about KFC versus El Pollo Loco? Um, haven't been to either one. I would I would say KFC though. Now, see, I would say go to El Pollo Loco. You know, I don't think I've ever shot. been to one of those. You should try. Yeah. I mean, yes, yeah, just flame. It's, you know, again, it's it's fast food. Yeah. Don't, don't get me wrong. But yeah. it's reasonably healthy. It's flame. It's cooked on a flame. Yeah. It's got yeah. a nice... That that was... I When I was in L.A., we had an El Pollo Loco on the corner, and I had never had one. And a friend of mine says, hey, let's go get it. And it kind of became, you know, a go-to place once or twice a week. Yeah. Um, Not anymore, though, right? No, no. no. I mean, we do we uh, maybe once a month yeah. we we'll still get it, you yeah. know. And usually it's and it's an easy family meal. Yeah, you know, if you have people over, you can grab a big uh, sure. big order. What's your favorite Rocky movie? Original. Original. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was seventy uh, six. Perfect. Yep. Was it? Yep. Seventy six. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's good. Uh, Pacino versus De Niro. De Niro. De Niro. Yeah. Bull Durham versus Field of Dreams. Uh, Bull Durham. Yeah. Just, I, I love minor, minor baseball. Yeah. Do you have a favorite quote from Bull Durham? No, I don't remember quotes. Really? I don't remember. This drives my wife, Lisa, mad, but I can watch a movie. I can listen to a song. I don't know the name of the song or the artist, but I could hum it, sing it, whistle it. Right. I, for some reason, I don't. I can't attach. remember. Yeah, can't attach it. Huh? Let's see. Jeopardy versus Wheel of Fortune. Vanna White. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Sopranos versus Breaking Bad. Did have never seen one episode of either show. What? Nor Mash. Well, no, that's just a lie. I have never seen an episode of Mash, or Breaking Bad, or Sopranos. Wow. Yeah. Not one episode of Mash. Nope. Your parents didn't watch it when you were a kid, and it was on. No. Brady wow. Bunch was on. I was allowed to Brady watch Bunch. Brady Bunch. Yeah, yeah. Partridge Family, Brady Partridge Bunch, family, back and back. Laverne and Shirley. Yeah. yeah. Well, Laverne and Shirley was later. Yeah, yeah. But you're young. Uh, you're fifty-ish. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sixty-ish. Right. Right. Uh, let's see. Eminem's Plain versus Peanut. Oh, that no, I I can't go there. You don't eat Eminem's. Oh, I thought you meant Eminem the the rapper. No, no, the candy. Plain versus Peanut. Caramel. Oh, the new... going off the board. Yes. Okay. Yes. So Eminem versus a rapper named Planer Peanut? Is that what you thought I asked? <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't quite listen to the end of the uh, question. Okay. Yeah. You tuned out yeah. at Eminem. Oreos versus Chips Ahoy. Oreos. Snickers versus Milky Way. Snickers. Yep. Twix versus Kit Kat. Oh, man. That one. Um, Twix. Twix versus Snickers. Twix. Twix is the winner. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Samoas versus Thin Mints. Thin Mints. Thin Mints yeah. versus Oreos. Oreos. Oreos is the cookie winner. Yeah. Cool Ranch Doritos versus Nacho Cheese. Oh, Nacho Cheese. I like the the original. Is that not yeah. original? Yeah, yeah. Original, yeah. I think that's the original. Yeah. Uh, let's see. And then TV themes... Good times versus All in the Family. Good times. Gilligan's Island versus Beverly Hillbillies. Well, Beverly Hillbillies was before my time. But yep. Gilligan's Island, for sure. <laughs> they came out pretty close to the same time. 
All right. I'm going to look it up. Look it up. You didn't watch it after school? or yeah, Gilligan's Island, I did. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And Beverly Hillbillies, no? No. Nope. I bet they came out within a couple years we'll, of each other. I'll have to, we'll have to fact check that. I will. I'm going to listen to a story about a man named Jed, a poor mountaineer, barely kept his family fed. Well, according to a quick rudimentary internet search, Gilligan's Island debuted in 1964 before Scott was born. Beverly Hillbillies was indeed before his time, but only 1962, just two years apart for those two iconic television shows with iconic TV themes for old people. Guys, if you're under 40, Gilligan's Island... Be, be, uh, never mind. Swimming pools, movie stars. The Beverly Hillbillies. Let's see. Howard Stern versus Joe Rogan. Uh, Howard Stern, big Howard Stern fan. Oh yeah, from yeah. how long? Uh, probably the last fifteen years. Yeah. Yeah. My wife loves his wife and the adoption, the whole animal adoption right. that they have, and the cats and the dogs. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, it's funny because I don't care for his show. I don't dislike it. I don't. I mean, it's yeah. okay to listen to, yeah. but I like his story, yeah. and I like listening to him talk when he's not on the show you know yeah. like when he's a guest on a talk show or things yep. like that i, re I really enjoy it. and yep. and maybe if i listen more i would get in but i he, just feel like an outsider he seems to be when he gets someone really big he seems to be the best interviewer yeah he asked the right well, second best second best yes. tony i'm sorry yeah. right but he but he, <laughs> he can get away with a lot more on yeah, the show absolutely. so he can ask different questions yeah. but he seems to ask a lot of good questions and um, I don't get involved in how much money he makes, or I think he took the summer off, and that didn't everyone go up in up in arms this past summer? Oh, he I just did. signed hundred million dollar deal. Oh, you're talking about Rogan? No, I'm talking about Howard Stern. Oh, because Joe Rogan just signed like a hundred million dollar Spotify. And, Howard yeah. Stern did in May. Oh, and okay. They said I'm taking four months off, and everyone <laughs> was like, "What? Yeah. Wow, yeah." It's good to be the king. It is very good, yes. <laughs> it's good to be the king. Yeah. All right, a couple more, just uh, some fitness, healthy ones. Kale versus spinach. Spinach. Do you like kale? I do like kale, yes. I like kale, too. Yeah, I like kale salad. Yeah. Uh, jazzercise versus Zumba. Um, I'm not sure what Zumba is. Zumba's uh, Neither one Latin. No, no, you're not. A... No. Sweating to the oldies versus Tybo. What was the first one? Sweating to the oldies, Richard Simmons. Oh, oh, Richard Simmons. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I was gonna yeah, say <laughs> he's the original. Yeah, he is. He is the original. He is him and and let's see, there was Denise Austin. God, I'm trying to think of the Didn't other one. The, uh, the Osmonds or or not? Did they? I think they tried to do some sort of fitness thing. That wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. Well, I don't know if the Osmonds actually did a fitness video. I didn't really want to do too deep a dive. But Marie Osmond was a spokesperson for Body Gym. That was her invention, or at least her identity product, was the Body Gym. And Marie Osmond sponsored that. And also, she's been on a couple of different morning shows promoting that, including Jennifer Casanetta and a couple others. So, there you go. So, the last question I have is a standard way we go out on the show. You have committed a capital crime. You are in, you're on death row. You have a choice to watch one movie. And while you watch that movie, you have a meal. And then after you're done, you'll put on some headphones, 
stick the needle in your arm and you go off yep. to the abyss to this song. So first, what's your movie? Slapshot. Slapshot. The yep. Paul Newman. Paul Newman. Cult and classic. Just minor league hockey. and Hanson Brothers. Hanson Brothers, yeah. <laughs> old time hockey. Yeah, very old time. Uh, then what are you going to eat while you watch Slapshot? I'm gonna have a large, deep dish pepperoni pizza. Okay, from uh, from Giordano's well, or well here I'll, I'll Lefty. You can have it from anywhere. Assuming I'm in jail locally, I'll get it from Lefty's. Okay, no, you can have this. Can be imported oh, from Giordano's anywhere. Then, okay, yeah. so we'll bring in any uh, sides or desserts or drinks. Dessert. I might as well go with my coffee, heat bar, crunch ice yeah, cream. Of right? course, good call. So yeah, wash it down with a diet coke. Yeah, yeah, sure. Okay, yeah, diet Pepsi or diet coke. Okay, either one. Yeah. Um, and then your song when they put it in? Um, oh, um, Breathe by, um, well, I think it was Eddie Vedder that, that was the I original. I think he did, yeah. yeah. Yep. But Eddie Pearl Vedder. Jam, I think. Yep. Did. yep. So, what is that? Does that song mean right. something to you, or do you just put you in the mood, or what? It's, it, the words, the words mean a lot to me. Okay. And then, of course, you know, when the Cubs won the World Series, that was yeah. the, that was a song that I mean, if you didn't get tears in your eyes when you listened to that. Oh, for crying out loud! Um, no kidding. I must have played that a thousand times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that would be that would be the yeah. song. Nice. That's nice. You're breathe the first person to, to breathe to not breathe in the electric trail. Right. Right. Yeah. right. Breathe yeah. and stop. All right, well, that is going to do it. I sure appreciate you coming in. I appreciate you answering all the questions and being very forthcoming with uh, your personal challenges and your overcoming your challenges. I think that's awesome. And if anyone needs help overcoming alcoholism, just call Scott. Yeah. He's, a, he's, a, he's the expert. Yeah. So there are going to be dozens of people listening to this that might... <laughs> 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 that might actually call you. All right, again today, my guest Scott Atwood, longtime friend and uh, someone who's gracious enough to tell his story and and be a little vulnerable and open up. I appreciate that. So with that, say goodnight to the folks, Scott. Yeah. All right. Thanks for listening. Tony in the Mesa. The Mesa. Outro. 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 And that's going to do it for another episode of Tony on the Mic. Thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting. I want to thank my guests. I want to thank my sponsors. And you can find more info and episodes at TonyOnTheMic.com. Tony on the Mic on Twitter, on TikTok, on Facebook, on Instagram, on YouTube. All these platforms are slowly becoming populated with quality entertainment products. So check it out. And tell your friends and click and like and subscribe and all that stuff. 